Welcome to Puritans Read, reading aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 25 of The Letters of Samuel Rutherford. To James Wilson, St. Andrews, 8 January 1640. Dear brother, grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied upon you. I bless our rich and only wise Lord, who careth so for his new creation, that he is going over it again and trying every piece in you and blowing away the motes of his new work in you. Alas, I am not so fit a physician as your disease requireth. Sweet, sweet, lovely Jesus, be your physician where his undersurgeons cannot do anything for putting in order the wheels, paces, and goings of a marred soul. I have little time, but yet the Lord hath made me so concern myself in your condition that I cannot, I dare not, be altogether silent. You doubt, from Second Corinthians thirteen five whether you be in Christ or not, and so, whether you be a reprobate or not. I answer three things to the doubt. Number one, you owe charity to all men, but most of all to lovely and loving Jesus, and some also to yourself, especially to your renewed self, because your new self is not yours, but another Lord's, even the work of his own spirit. Therefore, to slander his work is to wrong himself. Love thinketh no evil. If you love grace, think not ill of grace in yourself. And you think ill of grace in yourself when you make it but a bastard and a work of nature. For a holy fear that you be not Christ's, and withal a care and a desire to be his, and not your own, is not, nay, cannot be bastard nature. The great advocate pleadeth hard for you. Be upon the advocate's side. Oh, poor fearful client of Christ, stay inside with such a lover who pleadeth For no other man's goods but his own. For he, if I may say so, scorneth to be enriched with an unjust conquest. And yet he pleadeth for you, whereof your letter, though too, too full of jealousy, is a proof. For if you were not his, your thoughts, which I hope are but the suggestions of his spirit that only bringeth the matter in debate to make it sure to you, would not be such, nor so serious as these. Am I his, or whose am I? Number two, dare you forswear your owner and say in cold blood, I am not his? What nature or corruption saith that starts in you, I regard not your thoughts of yourself when sin 
and guiltiness round you in the ear. And when you have a sight of your deservings, are apographa and not scripture, I hope. Hear what the Lord saith of you. He will speak peace. If your master say, I quit you, I shall then bid you eat ashes for bread and drink waters of gall and wormwood. But howbeit, Christ out of his own mouth should seem to say, I come not for thee, as he did, Matthew fifteen twenty four. Yet let me say that the words of tempting Jesus are not to be stretched as scripture beyond his intention, seeing his intention in speaking them is to strengthen, not to deceive. And therefore, here, faith may contradict what Christ seemeth at first to say, and so may you. I charge you, by the mercies of God, be not so cruel to grace and the new birth as to cast water on your own coal by misbelief. If you must die, as I know you shall not, it were a folly to slay yourself. Number three, I hope that you love the new birth and a claim to Christ, howbeit you do not make it good. For, and if you were in hell and saw the heavenly face of lovely, ten thousand times lovely, Jesus, that hath God's hue and God's fair, fair and comely, red and white, wherewith it is beautified beyond comparison and imagination. You could not forbear to say, Oh, if I could but blow a kiss from my sinful mouth from hell up to heaven upon his cheeks that are a bed of spices as sweet flowers. Canticles 5.13 I hope you dare say, Oh, fairest sight of heaven, oh, boundless mass of sacrifice, of crucified and slain love for me, give me leave to wish to love thee. O flower and bloom of heaven and earth's love, O angel's wonder, O thou, the Father's eternal sealed love, and O thou, God's eternal delight, give me leave to stand beside thy love and look in and wonder, and give me leave to wish to love thee, if I can do no more. We, being born in atheism and bairns of the house that we are come of, it is no new thing, my dear brother, for us to be under jealousies and mistakes about the love of God. What think you of this, that the man Christ was tempted to believe there were but two persons, in the blessed Godhead, and that the Son of God, the substantial and co-eternal Son, was not the lawful Son of God? Did not Satan say, If thou be the Son of God? You say that you know not what to do. Your head said once that same word, or not far from it, John twelve twenty seven. 
Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? And faith answered Christ's, What shall I say? With these words, O tempted Savior, askest thou, What shall I say? Say, Pray, Father, save me from this hour. What course can you take but pray and trust Christ's own comforts? He is no bankrupt. Take his word. Oh, say you, I cannot pray. I answer, honest sighing is faith, breathing and whispering in the air. The life is not out of faith when there is sighing, looking up with the eyes and breathing toward God. Hide not thine ear at my breathing, Lamentations 3, 56. But what shall I do in spiritual exercises, you say? I answer, number one, if you knew particularly what to do, it were not a spiritual exercise. Number two, in my weak judgment, you would first say, I will glorify God in believing David's salvation and the bride's marriage with the Lamb and love the church's slain husband, although I cannot for the present believe mine own salvation. Number three, say, I will not pass from my claim. Suppose Christ would pass from his claim to me, it shall not go back upon my side. Howbeit, my love to him be not worth a drink of water, yet Christ shall have it such as it is. Number four, say, I shall rather spoil 20 prayers than not pray at all. Let my broken words go up to heaven when they come up into the great angel's golden censer that compassionate advocate will put together my broken prayers and perfume them. Words are but the accidents of prayer. Oh, say you, I am slain with hardness of heart and troubled with confused and melancholy thoughts. I answer, number one, my dear brother, would you conclude thence that you know not well who owneth you? I grant that, oh, my heart is hard, oh, my thoughts of faithless sorrow, therefore I know not who owneth me. Were good logic in heaven amongst angels and the glorified, but down in Christ's hospital, where sick and distempered souls are under cure, it is not worth a straw. Give Christ time to end his work in your heart. Hold on in feeling and bewailing your hardness, for that is softness, to feel hardness. Number two, I charge you to make psalms of Christ's praises for his begun work of grace. Make Christ your music and your song, for complaining and feeling of want doth often swallow up your praises. What think you of those who go to hell never troubled with such thoughts? If your exercise 
be the way to hell. God, help me. I have a cold coal to blow at and a blank paper for heaven. I give you Christ's caution and my heaven's surety for your salvation. Lend Christ your melancholy, for Satan hath no right to make chamber in your melancholy. Borrow joy and comfort from the Comforter. Bid the Spirit do his office in you, and remember that faith is one thing, and the feeling and notice of faith another. God forbid that this were good reasoning. No feeling, no grace. I am sure you were not always these twenty years bypassed, actually knowing that you live, yet all this time you are living. So it is with the life of faith. But alas, dear brother, it is easy for me to speak words and syllables of peace. But Isaiah telleth you, I create peace, Fifty-seven, nineteen. There is but one creator, you know. Oh, that you may get a letter of peace sent you from heaven. Pray for me and for grace to be faithful and gifts to be able with tongue and pen to glorify God. I forget you not. To David Dixon, St. Andrews, 28 May 1640. Reverend and dear brother, you look like the house whereof you are a branch. The cross is a part of the life rent that lieth to all the sons of the house. I desire to suffer with you if I could take a lift of your house trial off you, but you have preached it ere I knew anything of God. Your Lord may gather his roses and shake his apples at what season of the year he pleaseth. Each husbandman cannot make harvest when he pleaseth, as the Lord can do. You are taught to know and adore his sovereignty, which he exerciseth over you, which yet is lustred with mercy. The child hath but changed a bed in the garden, and is planted up higher, nearer the sun, where he shall thrive better than in this outfield moor ground. You must think your Lord would not want him one hour longer, and since the date of your loan of him was expired, as it is, if you read the lease, let him have his own with gain, as good reason were. I read on it an exaltation and a richer measure of grace, as the sweet fruit of your cross, and I am bold to say that the college where your master hath set you now shall find it. I am content that Christ is so homely with my dear brother, David Dixon, as to borrow and lend and take and give with him. And you know what are called the visitations of such a friend. It is to come to the house and be homely with what is yours. I persuade myself upon his credit that he hath left a blessing and that he hath made the house the better. I envy not his waking love, who saw that this water was to be passed through 
and that now the number of crosses lying in your way to glory are fewer by one than when I saw you. They must decrease. It is better than any ancient or modern commentary on your text that you preach upon in Glasgow. Read and spell right, for he knoweth what he doeth. He is only lopping and snedding a fruitful tree, that it may be more fruitful. I congratulate heartily with you his new welcome to your new charge. Dearest brother, go on and faint not. Something of yours is in heaven, beside the flesh of your exalted Savior. And you go on after your own. Time's thread is shorter by one inch than it was. An oath is sworn and past the seals. Whether afflictions will or not, you must grow and swell out of your shell and live and triumph and resign and be more than a conqueror. For your captain who leadeth you on is more than conqueror and he makes you partaker of his conquest and victory. Did not love to you compel me? I would not fetch water to the well and speak to one who knoweth better than I can do what God is doing with him. Remember my love to your wife, to Mr. John, and all friends there. Let us be helped by your prayers, for I cease not to make mention of you to the Lord as I can. Grace be with you. That was episode 25 of The Letters of Samuel Rutherford.